0: today in the attorney career advice podcast with harrison barnes
1: as long as a law firm can realistically hold the prospect of a partnership up for you if you build a lot of hours so law firms often do not want to hire attorneys if they're brainwashed they want people that are younger now once someone's been successfully brainwashed they become what i call a zombie again i don't say this in a pejorative sense but an attorney in order to Become partner, they need to be recognizable as someone that is a zombie. And the zombie is someone that will follow the orders where all this is the most important stuff in the world to them, where they'll where they will buy into all this and where it looks like the they're committed. And so these are some of the ideas that they need to buy into. If you work hard and do a great job, we'll make you a partner. So the brainwashed attorney needs to believe that if they're among the hardest working young attorneys, that they'll be made partner. Now, this can mean different things in different firms that. Some firms being among the hardest working attorneys would be unbelievable. Like you would not believe how hard they have to work. And others, not as much, but it's just, you have to buy into that belief. And a young attorney knows that they don't understand what's involved in being a partner and being a partner is many things involved. It's learning to horse trade with partners about clients and work. And there's so many things involved to be a partner it's not even distinguishable, and it's not even analogous in many cases to being an associate. But young attorneys learn to that to advance, they need to work as hard as they possibly can and to throw themselves into their jobs and give their jobs everything they have. And law firms make that attractive by having huge profits per partner for equity partners. They make it attractive by making their partners, giving them larger offices and and all that sort of thing. But attorneys will give their jobs everything they have many times and they're young and don't realize that you're only young once. And they often will give all their time to a law firm with abandonment without thinking through what they're doing. I want to tell a quick story here, and I don't want to offend anyone. So I'm not even going to say the sex of the person, whether it was a male or female or whatever, but I remember I had a, a candidate once that went into a, to interview in a big firm, and I don't remember it. It was in a big city, but I don't remember which one. And the candidate was told, look, like you're very vibrant. Uh, uh, I think they said attractive. And again, I'm not going to say it was a man or woman. And really, with all this vibrancy and and stuff, might do better not practicing law in a big firm, especially here, because it's just going to drain your soul and all this kind of thing. This is what a partner said of the person interviewing, and you should maybe find a profession where those sorts of things will be rewarded. Now, is that true? No, I don't think it's true, because I know plenty of people that are attractive and vibrant and happy in major law firms and are able to make and actually become more vibrant in large law firms. But this is what the person said to them. And to some extent, if you are not cut out for this, then it can drain you. And, and it's the all-nighters, it's the weekends, it's, it's, and, and the idea that you're going to go so more positive with all this is what people are buying into. And, uh, and that's unfortunately not the case. So the truth is that most people will never make partner in large law firms where they're working. Most will leave voluntarily. After working extreme hours for several years. Now is that the right thing to do? Many times, and I just want to put this out there because it's true. The people that stick around and don't leave are the ones that make partner. And so just leaving is not the smartest thing to do. It's often the dumbest. It's like you walk away from something right when you're going to have success. Or and so everyone is around you is telling you to leave. So I do not think that this whole idea of leaving is always the smartest thing to do. If a law firm starts with 50 first-year associates, there might only be three or four left after eight or nine years, but those three or four might all have a good run for a partner. And maybe out of those three or four, out of those 50, the majority or substantial majority or all of them weren't fired. They just left voluntarily. So sticking around, and when you say the large law firms don't make partner, is just not always true. It's just that a lot of people leave. And, but the job becoming a partner does have a lot more to do in a lot of firms than how many hours you build when you were an associate. And I, again, I want to put some stuff out there. I'm not going to, again, I don't want to offend anybody. Been in, I don't know. Anyway, the kind of conversations that go on when people are deciding who they're going to make a partner a lot of times have a lot more to do. With other things than just the hours, you build. it could do your person. It could be your personality. Do they think you're someone that they want out there representing their firm? Do you look like a representative and act like a representative of their firm? So even if you're sitting in an office, building a lot of hours, that doesn't mean you may look and act like a representative of your firm. Which is one reason in my talks and things that when I give, I tell people do your take care of yourself, look your best, act your best. I'm not making statements about. Your weight or anything, but I'm just saying you have to be, try to be dressed well and look like a representative, look like the kind of person you would want to hire. And that means a lot of things to different people, but it may mean some men will all wear bow ties or I don't know. But this, and but you want to look a certain way, meaning you want to look like the type of attorney that you would want to hire. And that can mean different things to different people. For in Silicon Valley, it can be wearing a t-shirt and have a huge beard and people would think you're cool and that, that would get you hired but that may not work in other markets it's just so you have to whatever it is that you want to portray is really something that the law firm is going to think positively about i heard and and then not only that but then you have to be someone that's liked and other things and But the thing that's interesting is that a lot of times the partners that, in addition to the hours, you have to look like someone that may be able to bring in business in the future. You have to be able to get along with other people. So you can't just be clicky and on the wrong side of the click. You have to have a sponsor that has power. And typically those are people with lots of hours that are willing to get behind you. All these sorts of things are important. It depends on the firm, but it's not just hours. And I just want to make that clear. And and a lot of partners jump from ship to ship each year. And so the young attorney, the people you're working for, may not even be around by the time you become a partner. And so other than the quality of your work, a lot of times young attorneys don't even have much more to distinguish themselves when they're young than the number of hours they give to their firms. And, And so this energy that you have, and energy is ours, and your ability to think through problems is ours, what you have at this stage. And it's how you can distinguish yourself early on. And so people build those hours, believe it will help them become partners. And honestly, it works. So you have to build uh, a lot of hours and that's how you'll be evaluated because your hours are your financial contribution to the firm prior to becoming your ability to work hard and to set an example that makes other associates believe that they have to work hard. And then that kind of rises all tide. So if you're an associate, and you're billing 3000 hours a year and everyone around you is billing 1600, that's not good. They're gonna all, especially if you're getting all the most important work, they're gonna pick up their game. So this is how it works. And if you work hard and you're working those kind of hours, it's also something where you are probably doing it because you like, and again, not always, but you you like getting praise and you've always thrived on that from teachers, schools, and others people for doing good work and so forth. And your ego is stroked by that and your self-esteem may come from.
0: Do you wanna take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison
1: stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Uh, doing a good job and succeeding or you may just be wired to do this well and you don't it doesn't matter to you one way or another your self-esteem but a lot of times it does and and so if hours are needed to do that young attorneys will often work these hours to succeed law firms will often reinforce this belief system by giving the best reviews to the attorneys who build the most hours and and so forth and, the, and one of the issues too is again uh, there, there is a prejudice in the legal profession and it's always been like this and it's uh, it's funny, I years ago, I'm not even going to get into that, but I like because BCG advertises so much, we will say we're looking for a first year attorney or second year attorney and all this sort of stuff. And we've actually been contacted before by government agencies and stuff in Washington, D.C. about these job postings as if they're age based and stuff. And it's not funny, I guess. It's not good. But the idea is that I didn't go anywhere. But the point is that government agencies are very sensitive to this kind of stuff. And we're like, we're not the people hiring them, the law firms are. But the idea is that when an attorney gets more senior, typically an attorney that's very young is coming out of the gate. They're like a young puppy that's trying to get attention or whatever, and they're willing to work very hard. And then they know, and law firms know that once an attorney gets more than five or six years of experience, and unless they're close to being partner or something, they're going to be less likely to work very hard. So there's, prejudice against younger attorneys. They do like third, fourth, and fifth years that are three or four years away from partner. But they can, as long as a law firm can realistically hold the prospect of a partnership up for you, if you bill a lot of hours, they're going to get a lot of work out of everyone there. And they want people that want to be partner and so forth. I've had instances before where I've had incredibly talented candidates. I had one, it was funny, I had a candidate that had a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford, I believe. Or was Stanford or MIT or something. And this, there's just not a lot of people like that out there. And not only that, but they were at a massive, like very well-regarded firm and they wanted to move to another firm. And as part of this, they said, hey, that's great, but I'm excited to maybe work this firm, but I don't want to be a partner. And the firm was like, how could you not want to be a partner? And so the firm, and this person had five or six years of experience, And the firm said, there's no way we would hire someone that doesn't want to be a partner. That would upset our whole balance and demotivate everyone else here. So they didn't hire this person, even though they were just an incredible candidate with these great degrees and work experience and and very interesting. So large law firms will hire people if they can ascertain that the person still is going to be willing to work crazy hours that they're motivated by this and and that going to often abandon this with no regard for their social life family all this sort of stuff and this is what it takes now i'm not saying again i don't want to sound project against large law firm because i'm not and this is no different than saying that all football players are, have to be really fit and be able to do or it's just how it works but large law firms expect people to be a certain way and i meet these brainwashed attorneys all the time and again i don't want to be too critical of all this because it's no different than saying i meet a boxer who's got huge muscles or whatever but a lot of times the people look like they almost they would look like a pirate or something their teeth are often dark skin's bad and they and they don't look healthy often the hair's falling out in different places and again I'm no problem with that but and they just often intermittently smell like alcohol who knows but it's just that it's, it can be for a lot of people not the right decision to make and then as they get older they've become far less likely to put in the humane main hours because they now they believe often there's little point in doing so now this is for the people that lose so the people that lose again when you meet partners and a lot of these very good new york firms They are polished, they have it together, they work hard, but they've managed to mend good firm, big firms. they figured it out. And they're certainly not that, but they often will not stick with it. They they don't make it past the stage. And so law firms often do not wanna hire attorneys if they're brainwashed. They want people that are younger. And they also, the last thing in the world they want many times is to hire an attorney that's left a law firm and wants to come back. That is not good. They will typically not do that. The problem with leaving a law firm, by the way, people leave and go in house. They leave and do all these other things. But when they come back, they often don't like it. They don't understand. They, they've seen something else. It doesn't work for them. And it's a law firm and they just don't want to be there anymore. And this is really what happens most of the time. So if you go in house, the law firm, you typically will not stay in the law firm. Law firms have had so many bad experiences hiring people from in-house that if they're in a major legal market with lots of applicants, they won't hire someone from in-house. Now, if you're in-house, it's not to say you can't get back in a law firm, but it's going to be very difficult in the major legal markets when the law firms have other options. Now, major legal markets means that there's a lot of people applying to those jobs. That could be Chicago, it could be Miami, New York, Washington, DC. But so that's the problem with in-house. If you're trying to go in-house in a smaller market or trying to go from in-house to a law firm in a smaller market it can work especially if you have very good experience but most law firms will avoid it and most attorneys that go in-house and go back to law firms never stick around and so law firms whether or go to a government agency and do other things a lot of times won't stick around either it's just how it works and if you leave all of this kind of conditioning that happens this brainwashing and paranoia and so forth is goes away and a lot of times, these attorneys are just never hired again by large law firms. Young attorneys and the largest law firms typically succeed in a lot of things. Everything they've done: standardized tests, college, and law school. and Managed to get a position with a previous with a prestigious firm, and this believes makes them believe when they're young that they can also make partner. And it offers them even more prestige and income than they're currently making. And accustomed to high achievement, these attorneys will often push themselves to do whatever it takes until they either realize it makes no sense or success is possible if they apply themselves. One of the things that's very interesting, and I just wanna add this, is there is a certain level of confidence that comes from a lot of people and that they just have naturally. They believe in themselves. They believe success is possible. And because of that, they do succeed. And I've noticed this a lot of times from, and I'll just throw this out there, attorneys from some of the best law schools like Harvard, Yale, Stanford, and things like that will just believe that they're going to succeed. It doesn't matter. And so they don't give up. And a lot of times the people that give up just don't have as much confidence. And I don't know if the law school gives them the confidence. I don't know if it's the strength to get into that kind of law school that gives them the confidence. I don't know what it is, but I've noticed that there's often a lot more confidence from those people. Not always. And that's not to say that lower level law schools, you don't get as much confidence, but there's a certain level of confidence. So people believe that success is possible if they apply themselves. I remember I had this advisor once and when I was younger or actually when I was in high school and this guy was talking about just these incredible things that you know like when you get to college you'll be doing this and that and you're going to go to one of these. Co- and I couldn't believe the stuff he was saying. And I was like, how is that even possible? And this was a guy that had gone to, I think, Yale and all these great schools. And But this was a way of thinking. And so there's a certain type of thinking that very successful people have that where they just talk themselves into believing whatever happens to them is going to happen or they're going to be successful. I've noticed this with the most successful people I've hired that have done well. I've noticed this with the wealthiest people, the most successful people, they just have a way of talking to themselves that they're going to be successful and there's no question about it. And if I can, if you get one thing out of this webinar, it would be that if you can do that type of a positive self-talk and really believe it, it's not just enough to say to myself, I'm going to be successful. You have to actually believe it. Then you will be. I, and I don't know where that comes from, but it's a very important thing. And and hopefully you can learn that but i've just seen some people become really successful with that sort of thought process they just it's not even a question that they're going to fail they don't quit they don't give up they don't doubt themselves and and it just carries them right through i think that's something that a lot of people are missing and if you have that good if you don't it's something that hopefully you can develop but there's a lot of books about it there's you and grow rich by Napoleon Hill there's there was, I don't know, this new thought movement that Christian science and all these different things were based on started out of it, but just believing in something and what you can, and again, this is not a religious discussion here, but I'm just saying that it's, I think the secret is was, was based on something like that. I haven't watched that in 15 years, but that sort of thing is, can be helpful. Do you know
0: the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today.
1: So the fear of making small mistakes often drives people to work long hours. Most law firms, I was never told to overbill by any firm I was ever at. I was never told to, bill more hours or encouraged to lie or anything but and most law firms i don't believe are unethical and i don't think associates are really told that you may have been told that but i doubt it most law firms especially large law firms i believe are very ethical about that sort of stuff but it's often there's a fear of kind of making small errors that young attorneys learn early on and that makes them work tons of hours on every assignment so i used to if i wrote a letter to a client. The letter itself might take me like two hours if it was like longer, three hours, but then I would spend another 10 hours making sure it was perfect. And that's just how it works. Some young attorneys are taught to be very paranoid about making small mistakes because if they do, this can give negative remarks to the partner. People learn very early on that when you show people a draft of something, it better be close to perfect. It's not a draft is not something with typos and mistakes and not thought through and no citations. It's the right, it's done. And when they review young attorneys, they'll often tell them that you need to go more thorough, or pay more attention to detail. And, and if they say that, that means a lot of times you're rushing your assignments, or it could be maybe that you're doing assignments that and you're not spending enough time on them and could be doing more hours. And if a law firm doesn't feel like you're billing a lot of hours, then all you need to do, all they need to do many times to get them to bill more hours is to say, pay more attention to detail and similar things. And suddenly you'll find yourself sitting in a chair working very hard. If you're asked to do that is one way that the law firms will get you to do that. And, and this every time they say that, they can probably get extra time. Out of those attorneys for a, a while, so pay attention to detail is basically saying if it's said enough that you can spend more time on stuff, or maybe this should be researched more depth. Maybe you can do this and that, and that's what the law firm's looking for. And this is just kind of a joke there, but the more times they say it, the more times the turn, the more the attorney will work. So the, again, if you can see attorneys and you probably watch this in your practice. And you've seen attorneys that make small mistakes. And one thing that I noticed is when people are confronted with mistakes, small things, the attorney will often get flushed or very upset and fix the error immediately become even more paranoid and so forth. And this is just a process that happens to attorneys a lot of times in firms when they learn how incredibly thorough their work needs to be. And they're made to be really upset about the error and realize the next time they need to work hard and build more hours and put an extra time to avoid such an inconsequential error. This is, by the way, these sort of characteristics in terms of training and perfect work and not making errors and are really something that is expected by the clients and is and the difference between kind of what the product that a big firm attorney often will. And one of the reasons that they're often much more valuable to companies and to firms when they learn those skills compared to other practice settings. And again, these sorts of things, partners have been saying that the new set of attorneys isn't as detailed, right? It doesn't work as hard and so forth. And they're saying it now, they were saying it 10 years ago, they were saying it before then. So they've always been saying it, but it's just, I think it's just part of the dynamic of kind of what happens. But pointing out inconsequential errors is just a really a way to, to get things, to get people to become very paranoid, to work long hours and to, and making sure that more drafts are done, more hours are built and things are turned in that are uh, better done. And again, I just, the biggest, and this is a long-winded discussion about this, but it is very important. The whole idea is that if you are turning in work with a lot of mistakes and things that are done, then the idea is that the, the logic of what you're writing hasn't been thought through. And then if that hasn't been thought through, then maybe your legal conclusions and so forth are wrong. But this is a statement here. I was once working a law firm with an associate billing Billingville over 3,000 hours. He called all night, was at least a few days a week, he Barely write a page or brief without a group of errors in it. I can't remember this. And I could honestly not believe he graduated from law school and puzzling he had anything to do at all. He was given a talent a paralegal that sat right outside his door in a secretary station to proofread every document that he turned. I do remember the guy was working very hard. He's also very smart. And the job was all about writing. This is just about errors. I'm not going to talk too much more about it. But if a memo takes 20 hours to research and write, to polish it correctly, it may take another 40 to 50 hours, many time. And so this is just kind of how things work. And then the other thing is the attorneys that work the hardest will often keep their jobs. The people that are working the mo- most hours are often the ones that are billing the most hours. And if you're not billing a lot of hours, this just brings negative attention to you. Lots of times, partners will get lists of hours all the attorneys and the associates bill the previous month are sortable like spreadsheets are on computers now and in attorneys law firms certainly have lots of competition for the jobs that they have and if you're not working hard and dedicated you're costing the firm money and they can bring in people that are one other thing i wanted to bring out about hours and this is another important point is the whole idea of seeking out work. There's kind of two ways, and this is a very important point about hours and and why hours are important. And this is maybe the longest conversation you ever have about hours, but it may be the most important. So that our talk, you ever hear about hours, but the, there's two kind of schools of thought to hours. The first is that attorneys are expected to create work. And so creating work means if you have a client and you're doing matters for that client, you don't just complete the work for the client say, here's your work. And then go your own way. Like you come back to the client and said, I did this, but this and this and this needs to be done. And that's how law firms make money. They don't make money when people only show up when they have work to do. They make money when extra work is suggested. So when you're an associate, having the ability to come up with extra types of work that can be done is something that's appreciated by partners. And you need to have that. As well, the other thing about getting work in law firms is being able to seek out work. Being able to go get work is no different than what a partner has to do. Partners have to get work from from their clients, and so if you're able to do that from partners who are your clients, they will also appreciate that as well. And if you can't get work from the other partners in your firm and people aren't giving you work and you aren't creating work after you get work, then you're certainly never going to be able to do that internally as well. A lot of times when people are laid off, law firms will always generally favor laying people off with, with without who are and this is important this particular point in history to understand this law firms will often lay people off that aren't that aren't billing a lot of hours and the ones that are billing a lot of hours will be kept around. But there's reasons for that but the whole idea is that the people that are billing a lot of hours are probably doing good work because they're being they're probably seeking out work and they're probably creating work. And all those things are the reason that hours are such a good measure of that and law firms when i talk to people that are laid off which is often they will say if they're doing poorly they'll often say they only managed to build a certain number of hours and, and and that's just kind of how it works big firms and small firms obviously have different standards okay and uh, this is just another message that law firms give work to that they give more work to people they like to give work to people that like if you do a good job this is part of the brainwashing and hours are bestowed upon those who are the most worthy partners only give work to people that they like and do good work and withhold work from people they don't like and don't do good work and any large law firm the worst thing that can happen is you cannot be given work it's interesting too like just i wanted to bring this point up because there's been a lot of talk about recessions we're coming out with a state of the market report very shortly and we'll do a webinar on that but when you talk about recessions a lot of times people are very busy during good economies but they don't do the best work they can, or they don't, or they resent getting work. And then when the economy slows down, it's the people that did the best work and were the most formed relationships and so forth during a good economy that are able to keep their jobs. And the ones that didn't are the ones that don't. Getting lots of assignments and work means you're pleasing the people that you're getting the work from and doing good work. And honestly, the people that are the best are typically Given work, it's a sign of love and approval at the largest law firms. In order to to feel good about yourself and, and to be doing well, you want to be getting a lot of work. And then the idea is too is if you make mistakes, you make up for them by working harder. So people will be criticized in reviews, and the way you can often make those up is by working even harder. And so you, if you're talked too badly in a review or taught people say bad things about your performance really the best way to do that and extend your survival is to work hard. What happens typically, I did want to talk a little bit about the review cycle in large law firms, junior associates, meaning your first and second year. If there isn't a huge threat of them jumping ship and going to other firms are typically, meaning the economy is doing very well, if the economy is doing okay or not badly or badly, then typically what happens is junior associates are given reviews, that encourage them to work harder and are harsh and, and, and not as good. As they get more be mid-levels, third, fourth, and fifth year, the reviews get very good because they want you to stick around, you're profitable, you know what you're doing, you don't require a lot of supervision. And then as you get closer to being a partner, they're often, they can often become a little discouraging. Again, because they're trying to get people to leave, but they don't want to stick around, don't have the, uh, the guts to keep going.
0: That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.